And I will not, I will not be lengthy today. I'm going to share some things that I felt like that God wants us to share uh, almost every day, either by text, Facebook, or, or phone, or by letter. Almost every day of my life, I get a letter, a text, a phone call, or something that, that, uh, that goes a lot like this. Let me read what was Facebooked me this morning, Pastor Ron. I think I've already got it pulled up. I do. Let me read this Facebook. It's from Timothy Scott White. And here's what he said, September 20th, 1983, I met my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 14 years old, one more night with the frogs, one more night, Evangelist Hank Davis, the word was preached, and God brought me to his side, 33 years ago. That was a, that was a fun sermon, that was a fun, the, the sermon was a fun sermon, it was a is where Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And he said, I'll let them go. And, and Moses asked Pharaoh, when do you want the frogs to leave? And he said, tomorrow. And why Pharaoh would want to spend another day with the frogs is puzzling to me. But it's like a lot of us, we put off sometimes tomorrow things that we really need to do today. Or we stay where we are, and it's, it's not comfortable to change. But thank God we ain't hanging with frogs. Look at somebody say, we ain't hanging with frogs. This is... This, uh, this young man, and I write him back. This young man writes me about every three months. I won't share his last name. This is Donnie. Please pray for Laura Blank to get off drugs and the kids. Please pray for me to get my family back. God bless you. And about, about every couple of weeks, he just write, me a, just write me a little note. People believe in the power of prayer, and they believe in the power of church, the harvest, because we have miracles here. We have amazing things happen in the body and the kingdom of God. And there, there needs to be an expectation level, not just when we come to the house of God, but when we do the things that God has called us to do. Jesus said true religion, and religion is merely man's search for God. God's not really lost. We're the ones that's lost. It's just it's man's search for God. And it's a true, true religion is to minister to the widows and the orphans. And so there's that, look, there's not just an eternal blessing attached to that, but there is a literal blessing attached to that. You cannot do what we're doing at Queen for a Day and not get the favor, blessing, and honor of God. And every dollar we sow, everything we wrap, everything that's gifted. I've been coming home almost every day this week with something on the porch from UPS, and it hasn't been to me. That is so frustrating <laughs> that there's been packed every single day. I go, oh, maybe it's a new rod and reel. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a depth finder. Maybe it's a camera. Maybe it's a, a bag of corn something, people. Can you relate? I'm sure you're right there with me. And what used to be our living room, it looks like, you know, like Walmart storage. I mean, it's, it's stacked up. We got stacked. I went to the church lobby, and there's stuff everywhere. And that's, that's, what, that's all about teamwork. That's all what a team does, and, and, and we are a part of a team. God has brought us together. We have teams here, and we have teams there. Somebody very special had a birthday this week, last week. Carmen, right? This uh, coming up this Saturday. Yesterday, Dave Cabet would, would have celebrated 63 years of age. Can you imagine the party he had yesterday? Can you imagine that being in God's glory? Just what a birthday! What a just reflect on that just for a moment. Incredible, phenomenal passage of scripture. I am not going to be long this morning because Pastor Rana told me we're doing the Outback thing. So 
because I didn't do breakfast. And I really didn't eat last night. I just kind of went, went to bed without really eating anything serious. And, uh, and so I don't want to be lengthy this morning. A couple of points that I want to make. And all of this chapter, this is probably, it's 13 verses. I committed this to memory uh, almost 32 years ago because that's how much it impacted my life. There's so many statements in here we know and so many statements we believe in. But the reason I'm going here this morning is that this week, and we didn't have a report for Mish. Mish has been moved to, it has been moved to Shepherd, being be in prayer for me. When we got the phone call Wednesday, a week ago, Wednesday or Thursday, there was no hope. They, were, they had a helicopter. They were medevacking her, but there was no hope. People began to pray. People began to touch God, touch the things of God. Call Billy Burke, text Mark Slam. People that I know that pray. Rhonda's parents, my parents, went to my parents' house and prayed. And every day she didn't just get better and better and better, but, but she's off, uh, she's off the, the, the heavy medication. And here's what they've done. They've moved her uh, to Shepherd Hospital in Atlanta, which the reason they're moving here, and I thought this was so interesting when we talk about thoughts, actions, and deeds, our thought process, what we think, what we do, there's a term for it. And they said, don't look it up because it will scare you. It's so, it's so scary, this term of what has happened. But when you're running 70 miles an hour and you hit something head on, and that moment of impact, that moment of crash, she whacked the, the, the airbag, she whacked the airbag, and they have determined that there have been some nerve cells in her brain that were pulled loose on this impact. And the hospital in uh, Tallahassee said, we can't help you any further. This is as far as we can go. Five broken ribs, broken vertebrae, a bruised liver, head trauma. Uh, so we can't, we can't do anything more for you. We're going to send you to Shepherd, and this, this Shepherd Hospital is going to shock your, your brain cells and shock your, 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 these, 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 these uh, neurons, I guess, is the best. We're going to shot, and we're going to fire back up. How crazy is that? How crazy that, that medical marvel science has the ability to make things happen like that. And, you, you know, I think about when, when we talk about the things of God, when he talks about the things we think, the thought pattern, the thought process, I believe that every day God gives us the ability to think on him, think about transition, and expect it to happen, some kind of, some kind of expectation for it to happen. Let me share um, the reason why I went this direction this morning is I, I spent quite a bit of time uh, this week with someone who, who loves the Lord and uh, believes in the Lord, believes in things of God, but just really having a lot of struggles in almost every area of their life. And we talked and we visited and, and we prayed and we cried and we spent some time together. And uh, I, I gave this person a challenge. I asked this person, what are some of the most awesome, incredible, phenomenal things that you have done in your lifetime? What, what hobby or what, what job, what, what recreation, what, what accomplishment, what, what, have you, what, what have you done in your lifetime? And they shared a couple of things of what they had done. And I, and, I, and I gave them a challenge. And I gave them this challenge. I said, listen, if you'll take the next 90 days and you'll pursue God as serious as you pursued education, wealth, retirement, all of that, if you pursue God 
for 90 days. I really believe God won't hide from you, and I believe that God will reveal himself to you. I believe that. When we talk about snow and we talk about rain, we talk about things that come down that bless us. And this morning before we leave, we're going to talk about the power, the ability to build a cloud. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. Those who have been with me know it's one of my favorite when it comes to praise and worship. But there's something I'd like to bring to your attention. Now, if you were going to holler at me, you would probably holler, yo, hey, dude, whatever. So I thought that it was kind of in, in, in researching this passage of Scripture, I learned that there is a way that different ones would greet one another. And you know what it is? Ho! Not the ho you do the, not, not ho, H-O. Look, look at your Bible. Isaiah 55, and if you're in the real version, the, the true bona fide King James version, people ask me, why don't, you, why don't you read the Amplified or why don't you read, I read them all, I read them all, but I've, I have learned so many scripture, Josh, the King James version, I don't want to switch over to, it's just, it's just, it's just a personal thing, I guess, but I love the King James, it's kind of poetry and and it's kind of neat communication. But verse, the very first verse, Isaiah 55, ho. You like it? If you say ho, how many of yours says ho? Okay, three of us. See, you're missing all. The, did you put it up there? Did it say, see where it says ho? This was kind of a let me get your attention. I'm alarm clock. I'm, I'm in your face. I'm shaking your shoulders. Let me get your attention because there's something really cool I want to tell you. Everyone that thirsteth, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come buy wine and milk. You can understand, wine in the Old Testament represents joy. Milk represents substance. So very early in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, if we pursue him and seek him, we're not just going to find joy, because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. We're not just going to find substance, desire, the sincere word of God as babies desire milk for the mother's breast. We don't just find, we don't find those things, but everything we're looking for, we will find in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if we'll just make the effort. What's quiet? I could probably hear a pin drop or something. I could hear my phone drop. Wherefore, watch this. You spend your money, and Chris and I had fun today with this. Wherefore, you spend your money, for that which has that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. We were talking about all the cool toys he has on his on his guitar. There's a bunch of them. There's like eight or ten. And I told him, I said, we don't have enough. We we need some more toys. We don't have enough. We need. And he informed me he's buying a bigger board to put more stuff on it. And so you know what? That that's what you call spending your money where it brings satisfaction. What, what do you say? What do you say? Okay. Sorry, Chris. I just let the cat out of the bag. Should I tell another thing that, about the, the Harley Davidson that you're buying from? Okay, um, sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. But but it is the the difference between men and boys. Obviously, is the is the price of their toys. I got to thinking, what is so funny? You know, we we grow up playing Tonka truck. We grow up in the mud. We grow up in the sand. We grow up in all that. Some of us never outgrow that. I went to the ranch yesterday, and somebody have brought this big old toy, Jerry. I mean, it was a bad boy. And they were grading the road. If you've never been on the ranch road, it's a scary place to be. 
It is a, there are potholes there that you could actually lose your life if you weren't careful. It was, I went in yesterday, and it was smooth as a baby's hiney. I mean, just all the way up. It made a little shoulder room. And, and it was a, the, the, the toy is longer than that and wide three roads. And it was Josh Herring playing in the mud, scraping the dirt, scraping the, blessing the ranch, blessing the ministries that, that we do there. And I got to thinking, I want one of those. I wonder if he would loan it to me. I mean, what a cool toy. So there, there are seasons in our life where we spend money that brings satisfaction. It brings blessing. But then there are seasons in our life, body, soul, and spirit. You satisfy the body, obviously, with eating and dressing and carnal things. The soulish man is knowledge. But the spiritual man can only be satisfied by the things of God. And a lot of times we will <coughs> spend our money on things that we thought were going to bring us joy or we thought that were going to bring us peace. Do you remember joy and peace? You remember we learned a long time ago that there are only two reasons that people take drugs, only two. One is to tap into that joy. When you look at alcohol, cocaine, meth, those are all things that, that, that will make you high. And then we tap into the prescription world to produce peace, that that Valium, that, that Demerol, that help me, the uh, oxy, oxy, all, all that junk, morphine, heroin, all of that, we, we do that kind of drug if we want to be mellow, we do alcohol, meth, if we want to be uh, alive, and those, and that's the only two reasons that people take drugs is, 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 joy, is joy and peace. Notice, if you will, verse 12, for you shall go out with, hello, and be led forth with. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing, and the trees of, of the field shall clap their hands. What a, what a promise. God in this passage of Scripture is promising, promising us covenant things. I actually wrote four things down, Pastor Rhonda, that I found in this chapter. And the first thing that I found in this chapter was grace. And we all know that grace is God giving us something we we, we, we don't deserve, but he does it because he wants to. Something that, that we, don't, we don't earn it, we don't merit it. It's just something that he gives us. And then we look at mercy, obviously, the things that we've done wrong, messed up. We really don't have the right to be forgiven, but God forgives us anyway, and let's just start all over. Then I think about love. I think about the love of God displayed in this chapter, and I've, I've shared this story with you. Probably there's not a whole lot that I have new that you haven't heard probably especially Chris and Susan, who have been with me for a while. But there was a, there was a guy that meandered into a uh, little church, and there was a little pastor there preaching and sharing his testimony, ministering the body, and he shared the testimony. Of, he had his son and his son's friend out at the lake. There was a storm. The boat crashed and burned, and he only could save one. And he saved his son's friend, lost his son to the storm. He's sharing this story, talking about love, talking about favor, talking about grace. The guy visiting there didn't believe it. He said, that, I, don't, I don't believe that. Got up, went to walk out. There's a young man in the lobby, nice-looking guy, sharp, clean, just a clean-looking guy in the lobby, served on staff there at the church. And as the guy got ready to leave, this young man stepped up and went to shake his hand. And uh, the, the guy told the young man, said, hey, tell, tell your pastor, I don't, I don't believe that story. Nobody, nobody would give the life of their son uh, for the life of, of the son's friend. Nobody would do that. And the young man looked at him and said, let me introduce myself to you. I'm the young man. 
that the, that the pastor spared. Wow, when you think about that's us. That's how much God loves us. God lost his son. You could talk the wave, the, wave, the ocean, the cross, all of that. God allowed his son to die so that you and I could be saved from the wreckage and saved from the damage and saved from all the junk that we tap into and have not just grace, not just mercy, not just love, but have favor. Favor is a very incredible, interesting, and as we were talking this week about favor and the blessings of the Lord, I challenged this, I challenged this person. I said, hey, I challenge you to tithe. I challenge you to support the things of God. I challenge you to be involved with things of God. And so we started talking about tithing, and they determined all the money they made and, and all that, that they, couldn't, they couldn't afford to pay that much tithe. And I said, listen, tithing is a trust issue. I remember early, early in ministry, when, when I went into ministry, I just, um, I just felt impressed not just to tithe 10% of my growths, but I felt impressed. I, I, I tithe to a church in California that my mom and dad pastored. It was a great church, and I, I believed in them. I supported them. For several years, I sent tithe to them. And then when that church liquidated and sold, all the monies from that sale came here and bought all this land. How crazy is that? Not knowing that every week I would send 10%, that God was going to honor my giving, and God was going to take all that around and plant it here. How crazy is how crazy is that? Go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation. I got to reflecting on that. The other tithe, I would send another tithe to my pastor, Dr. David Bishop in Yakima, Washington. This past year, I lost my pastor and his wife. They both died. And really, I'm kind of, I guess, Marcus and Billy Burke, I guess those would be considered our pastors. But I've always blessed my pastor. I always blessed the church that I was raised up in. My mom, a precious mom, but when I share, you know, there's some people got to, you got to be careful what you share because they'll talk you out of doing a good thing. And my mom was so practical, practical minded. And so, and my mom, my mom said, you know what? You don't have to send 20%. You don't. I said, mom, you don't understand. God is blessing me. God is honoring me. And I'll share this. And it's already got back to him. So you can tell him if you want. But I remember there have been seasons in, in that, in that eight years evangelism, uh, there have been seasons when I would go to some of the same churches that Perry and Jensen would go to in revival, and we'd all compare notes every once in a while, and they all got upset because I got bigger offerings than they did. Same church, same. And I've always felt like that was because I was consistent in God's tithe and my offering. I'll tell you something else I did. After I left the church, and Pastor Ronald will confirm this, after I left the church, I would call the florist, and I would send the pastor's wife a bouquet of flowers. I mean, that may have had something to do with them having me back. Hello, but that, but that, I, I, I believe in tithing. I believe that tithing works. I believe it's a principle that God blesses. And you look to the word of God, the promises of God. Pastor Ron and I could share with you so many, so many miracles, so many blessings, so, so much favor that comes just by being obedient. Uh, let, let me read just a little bit farther in this, in this chapter. And I'm, I am almost done. Let me make sure I got everything. Okay, I want to go to where it says, Go to verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven will not return 
thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh to bring forth in bud, that maketh seed and sore, and bread of the eater, so shall my word be. The, 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 in the word here, it comments on two people. It, com it comments on a cedar and an eater. That I will bless the cedar and I will bless the eater. And I have learned in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of life, in every single lifestyle that, that, that you look at, in the kingdom of life, there are those that take what God has blessed them with and they call it seed and they sow it back into the kingdom of God. Then there are those that take what God has blessed them with and they eat. They buy toys, they buy fancy this, fancy that, and instead of taking a seed and sowing it in the kingdom of God, they take the seed and they eat the seed. Listen, I don't ever want to eat seed. I don't ever want to call my seed bread and eat my seed when God blesses me. There's, there's something, and Pastor Todd just walked out. I didn't want him to walk out right then, but that's okay. Um, and I, I, won't, I won't embarrass them, but, but Pastor Todd and Misty have made a nest. They sold the old residence and have made a brand-new home, brand-new place uh, as they ought, and that is uh, – Someone told me it was really, really nice. I've been invited yet, so I didn't know about any of that. But you know what? When they, when they, when they sold, when they sold their house, after paying all the bills, there was a significant amount left over, and they tithed on that significant that 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 that, that seed. They they tithed on that on that seed, and I I will tell you, when you're able to do above and beyond what you usually do. There's a warm, fuzzy feeling that stirs up. I just, it's just, it's like, man, I, I made a difference. I, I blessed God. Thank you for allowing me to flow. And I, I wrote the title of my message. Kind of late to tell you my title, but my title would be cycles and levels. Cycles and levels. There's a, there's a generation here that's on a cycle level. I was going to bring a washing machine in here and show you the. There's the pre-soak cycle, and then there's the clean cycle. And then there's the spinning cycle. How crazy is that? I remember several years ago, after we smoked a joint, we put a guy in the washing machine and turned the puppy on, almost killed him, almost killed him, took him out of the washing machine and put him in the dryer, and we couldn't get the dryer to close to turn him, to turn him around. I forgot why I was telling that. Huh? huh? There you have it. That spin, no, that spin cycle is like a lot of my friends that don't know the Lord their life is spinning out of order. They have, they, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just out, just bouncing off of. And but, but you know, when you're a part of the things of God, there's consistency and there is growth. Look at somebody say growth. I had someone call me this week, been serving the Lord a long time, and she said, I should have said she. They said, help me. I'm really struggling with cussing. Okay, how can you struggle with? I mean, I mean, hello. I mean, when you give your heart to God, old things are passed away. All things are become new. And you're supposed to grow in the kingdom of God. And you're supposed to mature in the kingdom of God. If all God ever did for me was get me off of drugs and get me off of alcohol and get me off of, I thank him for that. But that's not all he did for me. He knew my thoughts. He knew my heart. He knew that I had a brain. He knew there were things that he wanted to do for me. So he got me out of that cycle like that hamster on the cage that all it does is eat and the other thing. And it goes around and around and around and around. There are a lot of people that's like, 
Friday to Friday, paycheck to paycheck. And should they miss a paycheck, they're in trouble. And they go hawking stuff. They, they go, go putting, putting stuff up for a hawk. God never intended for you to live paycheck to paycheck. God has said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. There's some things happening right now with the dinar. And I don't know if you know all about that, but that's some Iraqi money that's supposed to be dispersed. Uh, about a year ago, someone that, that loves us very much gave us a check made out to us for $200,000. And we've had that check in a drawer, and we're waiting for a phone call that says that we can cash it. And I believe that one day we will probably cash it. You know, the first thing I'm going to do when I get that $200,000 check, anybody, give God 40000 I mean, how cool would that be to write four zero comma zero 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 dot zero zero? I look for that day. I want. The, I desire that day. And that's when we're focused on the things of God. God said, there's two things I'll give you. I'll give you the joy, and I'll give you the peace. You don't need the drug. You don't need the alcohol. You don't need nirvana. You don't need Eastern religion. You just need a personal relationship with God. And that's what God wants you to have. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation? There was one more thought that I wanted to... to um, this, this is such a, such a great chapter. Oh, this is the point I wanted to make. Okay. Say that was then. This is now. Then, God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Go ahead. And your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. That's Old Testament. In Philippians 2, I believe 15, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery equal of God, but made himself no reputation and humbled himself even to the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every tongue should confess and every knee should bow to the glory of God the Father. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, go ahead. In the Old Testament, we didn't have the thoughts of God. In the New Testament, we have the mind of Christ. How crazy is that? That that in the Old Testament there were so many things that we were limited, we were hindered, and we didn't have. But because of the covenant, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, we can now have the mind of Christ. And what does that mean? Find out what Christ thought about and think about those things. Find out what Christ said and repeat those things. Let this word feed you. Let this word, when you read here, it says this word will feed you. It will incline your ear. Here you shall live. The whole, the whole thing is full of passages. So no longer do we not know the thoughts of God. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if not so would have told you. I go to prepare a place, and if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas interrupted and said, Lord, we don't, we don't know all this. We don't know that. We don't know the, the Father. We don't know the." And Jesus said this, I am, let's back up. In the Old Testament, we didn't know the ways of God. That was Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. Now, we, can't, we, do, we don't just know his thoughts. 
but we know his ways. What an incredible phenomenon. Like the, the, the guys were, were practicing and they, they, they didn't do it, but there's a song that says, there's just something about that name, Ashton, and there's something about that name. And when you're tied into that name, when you're, when you're attached to that thing, you will get out of cycles that go round and round and boring and round and round, and you'll find yourself not in a cycle, but you'll find yourself in a level, in a level. The level that the carpenter has has a bubble in it to keep things level. There's something about growing in the things of God. I've never been a Mario fan. I've never really been a Pac-Man fan. Now, the asteroids, I kind of like that. But in Mario and in Pac-Man, there are different levels. And this is kind of the beginning level, and that's kind of where I hung out. And this is now the TV that they've got where you could be at war, and you're walking through, and you're shooting the bad guys. And I don't know how that good that is for the nation. But anyway, it's a game. But you, you get to a certain place without getting killed, and then you go into a, a whole nother scenario, a whole nother level, and, and that's exactly where we're at. And I, re, I don't remember who preached it first. We all preached it. Terry preached it. I preached it. Keith Dudley preached it. We preached a message entitled, New Levels, New Devils. And I don't know about all that, but I think when we eventually put the, 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 the enemy's voice and all that demonic behind us, yes, there would probably be different ways the devil would try to trick us. And different ways the devil will try to hinder us. When, when you're a, on drugs and, and you're an alcoholic and, and the devil beats you with that, then you get saved and you get, you get your heart to God. Then you, go from, then you go from friend to daughter or son. You become adopted in the family of God. Yeah, I would say there's a whole lot of levels that God wants us. Go ahead, Victor, if you want. There's a whole lot of levels that God wants us to go through. But I think we're snagged in our cycles. I think we're snagged in our cycles. So I've been challenged. So spending, spending the, actually this week I've spent uh, most of my time at the side of a man of God that's dying and watch his family come in and reflect. And I, I would look at the family and I would see certain characteristics about the dad in the family. How I've never met the cousins and the nieces, but it's like they're, they were definitely family. I think the more you hang around the things of God, I think the more levels that God wants you to experience. So, Pastor, I'm kind of afraid of getting out there because I'm afraid the devil's going to get me and demons are going to beat me up. Listen, I doubt the devil's ever been to Cleveland, Tennessee. He's in Iraq trying to mess with the second coming of Christ. He has a little throne there. I doubt he's ever been to Udawa. He may, you know, he, he, he may have been to Benton. You never know. The devil may have been to Benton. But I, I doubt that any, and I'm, and I'm talking about myself, I doubt that any one of us have personally ever encountered the devil but there is a demonic entity there's a demonic army familiar spirit that will try to hurt they'll try to wound and when you obviously and let, let me just paint the picture when when i first got saved and 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 got allowed the taste of everything i i, I quit i laid everything down been clean for 35 years that was kind of the level that i was in then there was a hunger i'd lost my marriage i lost my business i lost my health i lost everything there was a hunger to rebuild. And then there was a hunger to begin to learn about the things of God. Then there was the call to preach. There was evangelism. And then there was marriage. And then there was church. There was all that. And when I look at each level, the one thing probably as you're growing in the things of God, probably my, my, my enemy 
It's not drugs or alcohol. My enemy probably is pride. I go to great places, got a great church, go to great churches and preach, and people want me to sign their Bible. How cool is that? No one at Church of Harvest ever asked me to sign their Bible. And my feelings, my feelings, my feelings aren't hurt. It's just a whole nother world that is easy sometimes to see the crowd and your your neck and you're following the praise and worship. And I follow some great singers. Ashton, you're one of them. I followed some I, I followed I followed some of the Judy Jacobs for years travel with us. And I would but if you're not careful, those accomplishments, if you don't stay humble, you get prideful, and that's that new level devil. But I tell you, you can stay humble. You, you come around us. We'll keep you humble. You'll be, you'll be okay. There's just something about that night. Kings and kingdoms have all passed away, but there's just something about that name. That name is like a key. Pastor Todd made some keys for me, for me last week to get into a certain place. That name is a key. That name opens doors that are locked to you. That, 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 that name closes elevator shafts that God does not want you to be. That name brings wisdom. It brings direction. It brings peace. And the smallest things, listen, if it matters to you, it matters to God. It doesn't have, you say, well, this is trivial. No, if it's important to you, it is important to God. And there's this, there's this thing I believe that God wants for us. He wants us to be led out with joy and be brought with peace. God wants you to have his joy. God wants you to have his peace. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed.